Hello everyone and welcome to the Moonlit Path podcast, a podcast of stitches, stories and soul, where we talk about all the ways in which stories and creativity help the human soul heal and thrive. My name is Laure Porcher and I will be your host and guide. Here I am, it's late here in my little village in France, and I've had the impulse to record this first episode, and for a few weeks now I've wondered what this episode should be about, because this podcast will be half interviews of healers, artists, writers, textile artists, and people who work with stories and creativity to heal themselves and to heal the human world in general. And it will be half me, half musings about things that move me or interest me or that I find useful always around this theme of stories and creativity and um, communication with the subconscious. And so I've been wondering for a little while, what about this first episode? And I've decided that maybe I would talk to you a little bit about me. Because after all, very often, if not all the time, the storyteller is as important as the story for us. And so I thought, maybe you should know a little bit about me if you're going to listen to this, to this podcast. You should know that I was born in a castle where fairies dwelled and ghosts sometimes appeared and where Nice Wolf lived in the woods that surrounded this castle. And for a few years, the beginning of my life, I was a princess. Granted, it was a pretty scary castle. And from the very beginning, I had to use stories as a way to digest my fears. Because my environment was so full of symbolism and dimensions just in itself I am not it's not a metaphor when I say I lived in the castle I really did and it's wonderful and also for two three four year old uh, it can be quite terrifying especially when that castle is very haunted which it was um, <laughs> and so I happened to be the daughter of a scriptwriter and a granddaughter of a novelist and the great-granddaughter of a poet and playwright and the grand-grand-niece of a pretty famous French writer on my mother's side, on the other side. And so stories were just ever-present as a child, whether they were told by my parents or read by my parents or 
I listened to them on tapes. Uh, my grandmother read to me and told me stories, and we made stories together. Um, I have tapes of myself, like um, audio tapes of myself at two years old, two, three years old. Yeah, because I, I, <laughs> I'm from a generation where uh, mobile phones and um, an easy way to film children didn't exist. And I have some silent eight millimeter movie of when I was a child. But what I do have is like audio tapes of recorded of me when I was two, two years old playing with my parents and making up stories. So that was just, you know, it was just something that was there from the start. And the frontier between stories and reality was very, very blurry. And it was partly because I lived in a magical environment. And when I say magical, I mean in the literal sense, where objects could disappear. And um, I heard ghosts. And I knew that fairies lived in the forest. And partly because my parents, especially my dad, nurtured that idea that stories were real and that, you know, that I know that some of some of the magic that I thought was magic at the time was actually my dad doing doing stuff. And there was also real magic. Both were intertwined. And so from the very start, there's a very blurry line between what is imagination and what is reality. And I think that's true for most children. But most children don't live in an environment that nurtures that. And very often they lose it, either because it's not nurtured by their caregivers or it's not nurtured by the environment that they live in. Um, But in my case, it was nurtured by everything. (laughs) My parents, my grandmother, the house they lived in, like everything nurtured that idea that reality and imagination was were, were actually the same thing. And that was very helpful to me because I used that, like most children do, um, until a certain age. I used that idea to digest um, and process all the fears that were also brought up by this environment. So I made stories to myself to, in a way, to self-regulate at the time. Because as wonderful as this environment was, it was also pretty scary. And and I know that I picked up on some of the stuff that was happening with my parents. And so there was some insecurity. And so from a very early age, I learned to self-regulate with imagination by telling myself stories, by playing out stories, um, by having uh, lucid dreams. I had lucid dreams until I was about six or seven, and which means that I would be able to control my dreams, and I would go in my dreams. And I didn't necessarily want to control what I was dreaming about, but I could switch dreams if a dream became too scary. I could just change the channel as if I was um, basically surfing 
And I think it was partly lucid dreaming, but it was partly also that my family, we have a gift or like an ancestral heritage, if you want, if you will, that allows us to travel between dimensions, which is like time, space. <laughs> um, some some people call them past lives, but actually they're the way that I experience them, they're they're um, simultaneous lives and you can just go through a sort of veil and kind of start bleeding into your other lifetimes that you're living at the same time as this one which can be pretty confusing but anyway so I think that's what I was doing probably in my dreams at the time and um, I'll, I'll you know side note not a lot of people in my family actually use that skill but I think we were mostly born with it so I was already doing a lot of self-regulation through stories um, as a five-year-old, five-year-old. And that's when my dad left my mom for my stepmom. And when my whole universe came crashing down. And through all that, I found solace and resource in fiction, in books. I learned how to read in two months, and then I was never my head outside of a book for the next 10 years. So that relationship with life as a metaphor, as something that is not, as something that's not random, and that relationship with my imagination as something that is a resource like more than a, more than daydream, but actually a regulation resource and a way for me to process my reality um, through metaphor and through building on those metaphors. That's something that continued until now, <laughs> hence this podcast, because I perceive my life as metaphors all the time. I see them in everything. And that perception helps me tremendously being in contact with my subconscious and what's going on in a deeper level of my psyche. Because in my experience, um, our reality is a projection of ourselves. And I know it's hard to, to fathom because we feel like we feel like we control our life through our will. <laughs> And it doesn't matter like how much we've proven wrong, we still believe that. Um, but real, really, reality, really, if you look at your relationships, if you look at, um, if you start looking at your life as a metaphor, you will see that your life is a projection of where you're at within yourself. Uh, it will be very obvious. Like you won't have, you won't need convi convincing. <laughs> And so that's something that is like, is very natural for me. It's like, it's kind of like breathing where I see the layer of reality, like the first degree of reality of like, oh, you know, I'm bringing, um, I don't know, contractors to cut down the brambles that are invading my property. Um, and that happened two days ago. And that's one layer, like that's the 
first layer of reality is like, oh, I have rambles invading my property. I'm going to bring in contractors and have them cut them down. And I tried cutting them down myself, but um, that was too much challenge. <laughs> so just in that, just in that description, like I, I can't tell you that description without... I, I won't even say seeing, but feeling the metaphor in that. I'm I'm telling you this first layer of reality, in, and my intention is to be like, okay, this is first first layer of reality, first layer of human perception. And as I'm telling it to you, I am feeling all the layers of that metaphor. Of okay, I have brambles invading my property, and I can't get to them myself like I can't you know I'm not strong enough basically not strong enough I don't have enough energy I don't have enough resource to cut them down myself and so I have to bring someone to do it and pay them and that can be interpreted many ways and I don't necessarily like I don't necessarily cognitively interpret metaphors it's more like I feel them in my body and I feel the resonance with what's happening in myself. And I know that the last few months, if not years, I've been caught in some brambles. <laughs> and I've turned a blind eye the same way that I turned a blind eye to the brambles that were invading my property, even though they got higher and higher and bigger and bigger. And I just pretended that I didn't see them until I had to bring in the big guns and spend a lot of money <laughs> to get them cut down. Um, and that's completely a mirror of what's happening myself. And then there's another layer of that metaphor, which is the mythical metaphor, the the fairy tale metaphor. Um, and I'm very sensitive to fairy tales because they're my kind of stories, the stories that I that I grew up with, and they're culturally mine. They're like French, um, so <laughs> they're like not not all. They're not all French, but a lot of them are French, uh, or at least European, and so they feel uh, very close to me culturally and ancestrally. And they're just the the multi-dimensionality of them really suits me and suits the way that I see the world and so the the mythical layer the the archetypes in that metaphor brings us to sleeping beauty right away <laughs> with the prince cutting the brambles in this in this case the princes because they were both of them two of them cutting the brambles to free the sleeping princess um, and I have to wonder what part of my psyche is asleep right now and would really like to wake up. And what part does the masculine play in that and what part does the feminine play in that? Um, and so from just that very simple act or that very simple event of, okay, I got brambles, got to take care of them. If I start unpacking that, if I, if I stay with it and I sit with it, then I get, I, get, I get a lot out of that and I can enter into conversation with my subconscious. Uh, what are the beliefs? What are the 
things that need moving, how can I help the process, all of those things. So that's to give you insight into how my mind or how my system functions and why I've created uh, the Moonlit Path course, which is because this podcast is the love child. (laughs) This podcast is the love child of my course, which is the Moonlit Path course, which is um, a 10-month online self-exploration course where we follow all the archetypes of the moon um, to explore our subconscious and our own private cosmology and who we are and our bodies and our creativity. And we express all that through uh, creative mediums. And originally it was going to be just textile. The first iteration that is still ongoing is using mostly textile as a medium. But next year's iteration will be open to any artistic medium. And so this podcast is a direct creation from that course. Because as I was doing the course, I felt that this conversation about how important stories are and how important creative expression is and how important knowing your subconscious is or at least having tools to communicate with it is, I felt that this conversation needed to happen and that it wasn't happening enough. And it is happening. I mean, if you know, uh, for instance, Clarissa Pinkolaistis has amazing, amazing books and audio programs. Her audio programs are actually the richest, uh, juiciest, deepest reflections about stories and the psyche and um, and you should definitely go and listen to those and you can also keep listening to this podcast but that's a that's a reference in on this subject but I don't feel that you know the conversation is is happening so much uh, there's a lot of lots of storytelling podcasts which I love I love The Moth, which is a a storytelling podcast where people tell their their own stories, which I find wonderful. But I wanted, I really wanted um, this conversation to happen or this reflection to happen around the multidimensionality of reality and the multidimensionality of stories and how we can resource them for ourselves and also how we can enter into a conversation and a communication with what we create with creativity. We can enter into a conversation with our own art and it's a way to enter into conversation with ourselves and that's what this podcast is about. To this podcast I'm bringing people that are coming from very different backgrounds And you will see, have very different voices, very different um, ways of working with stories and creativity and art. But they're still all picking up that dimensionality and that possibilities that stories offer us as a medium and as a place to live. 
And so I will be a storyteller on this podcast. And I've lived many different lives. I've been an artist, been on stage. I've been a dancer and an actor and a singer. And I'm still a singer and a dancer. And and I've worked in publishing, reading books for children and translating them for the past 15 years. And I'm also a therapist. I work in family constellations, which I will do an episode about. And I work in craniosacral and polarity therapy. And I am also creating... I'm creating a modality that I call thread therapy, which is working with the symbolic and ancestral and magical field of textile to heal and to, uh, again, enter into conversation with oneself. And I hope you will not hesitate to reach out and to tell me what this podcast is bringing up in your life, for one. And also suggest to me if there are some things that you would like me to talk about or to do episodes about, either general subjects or specific stories, because I will probably do episodes about specific stories. And if you have a story that you would like to hear about, you can reach out to me through my email on my website or the Moonlit Path website and let me know what you would like to hear. And for this first episode, I will, I will end it by asking you the first question that I will ask everybody who comes uh, to be interviewed on this podcast. And that is, what is your favorite story? Whether it's a book or a movie or a play or a poem or something that happened in your life or in somebody else's life. What's your favorite story or one of your favorite stories? And when you have an idea of what it is, look at it as if it said something about you. What does it say about who you are? How is it helping you? But mostly, what is it telling you about what your resources are, what your obstacles are, what your soul yearns for? Because I can guarantee you that your favorite story tells you lots of things about yourself, the deeper layers of yourself, the deeper layers of your desire for life, your longing for happiness, and your longing for connection with yourself and with others. So I will just leave you with this question. And if you want to share what you found with me, I would love that. And you can do it either by email or on our Instagram, which is Moonlit Path channel. And the Moonlit Path is also on Facebook. But please don't hesitate to enter into conversation over what you find. Because... The conversation, the connection over your discoveries adds potency to your insight. When you enter into connection with another human being, 
it adds potency to what you have discovered about yourself. So I will leave you with that. And if you enjoy this podcast, don't hesitate to leave a review um, or rating on the platform that you're listening in. And I will be with you soon with my first guest. Thank you for being with us. The Moonlit Path podcast was born from the Moonlit Path course, a 10-month self-exploration through creativity guided by the moon. You can find more information about the course at www.moonlitpath.space or you can go to the Moonlit Path Instagram at Moonlit Path Channel. Have a good day, have a good night, and until we meet again, may the moon smile upon you.